Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. My name is Tommy, and I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined... Well, I'm actually not joined by my co-host, as always, my dad, Matt. He is on vacation for this episode. They are having a great time. No need to worry. So you are stuck with me here today. This will be a bit of a shorter episode than usual, just kind of doing a small dive into the Packers' age of their pass catchers, because this has been on the minds of a lot of analysts, talking about how the Packers' wide receivers and tight ends are some of the youngest in the league. They're some of the youngest groups we've really seen play together at a time. And so we just, just kind of wanted to do a little bit of an analysis into how successful these teams have been passing the ball with pass catchers at this age. Um, so just going to talk a little bit about that. Like I said, bit of a shorter episode than usual. Hope everyone enjoyed their fourth, had a good holiday with friends, family, etc. Um, we're just giving you a bit of a bite-sized morsel here, just something to chew on and think about, uh, in terms of when we're looking at this year's, this year's season for the Packers, kind of what we can expect from the passing game as a whole, when they do have such a young roster, we're talking about, wide receivers like you know Christian Watson uh 24 years old I believe off the top of my head going into his second year in the league Romeo Dobbs going into his second year in the league we got um rookies in Jaden Reed we got rookies in Luke Musgrave we got rookies in Tucker Craft a lot of rookies project Samori Toure just his second year in the league a lot of players projected to play a lot of snaps at these pass catcher positions don't have a lot of experience and are fairly young now whether or not that's a bad thing I think we're about to see uh, as we talk about here before we get into any of that though just wanted to plug a couple of things if you enjoy what you hear here today come give us a follow on Twitter at father son packer uh, we tweet out when we have new episodes articles we find interesting Anything like that, um, pieces of news, pieces of notes. So come give us a follow there at Father Son Packer. Keep you up to date with everything going on in Titletown. Uh, if you like what you heard as well, come subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you can find podcasts, you can find us. You can even find us on YouTube. We put all our episodes out there as well. So if you want to subscribe there, it would really help our numbers. We'd really appreciate it. Before we get into that analysis, though, just to touch on a bit of Packers news, it is the quietest time of the year. We are still waiting until July uh, for training camp, so not a whole lot going on around the NFL right now, and honestly, not a whole lot of news surrounding the Packers right now. Um, the only real piece of information that has come out in the last few days, uh, and this is from Rob Domovsky on Twitter, is we have the exact details of the first three training camp practices for the Packers. Uh, July 26th, 10.30 a.m., July 27th, 10.30 a.m., and July 29th, 10.30 a.m. So those will be the first three training camp practices for the Packers. So unfortunately, still a long time to wait here for us. Uh, 20 days as I record here on the night of Thursday, July 6th. But, you know, we will still be here doing an episode a week talking about what we see coming forward for the season, what we see as potential hiccups, potential speed bumps, what we see as things that we're not as worried about, things that we're very excited for. We're always very excited for Green Bay Packers football. We're always very excited for football in general. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what I led off with um, talking about in this segment, and that is the Packers' age at the pass catcher position specifically. So obviously Jordan Love is young as well. Uh, he's going into his first year as a starter, fourth year in the league. But I think the biggest thing is at these pass catcher positions, wide receiver and tight end specifically, 
It's a really young group there for the Packers with an average age of 24.06.07 if you want to round it around 24 years old very young group going into 2023 it is so young in fact that so methodology wise all this data is from pro football reference from um the packers ages from their roster page going um there and looking at their wide receivers and tight ends and taking the average of those ages there and then we i decided essentially to go back the last 10 years and look at every player who had recorded a stat for a team um, in a season, essentially, and then for each season, for each team, take the average age of those players who had recorded a receiving stat at either the wide receiver or tight end position. So essentially going to Pro Football References um, receiving uh, stats page, uh, grouping by um, team and looking only at wide receivers and tight ends, taking the average age. Now, so since from 2013 through 2022, there have only been four teams who have been as young or about as young as the Packers at the pass catcher position. I um, essentially added two months of 0.17 years of age to the Packers pass Packers age uh, cliff to kind of, you know, we start in it's July now league starts in September. So, you know, give it a little bit of a bump there just to, to get a few more teams in there. But so there are four teams that are that were as young as the Packers at the pass catcher positions this year at wide receiver and tight end. And those teams are the 20 or were, excuse me, the 2016 Houston Texans, the 2017 Cleveland Browns, the 2017 Los Angeles Rams, and just last year, the 2022 Cleveland Browns. Um, the Texans in 2016 had an average age of 24 years old. The uh, Cleveland Browns had an average age of 23.9. Rams had an average age of 24.1. Uh, that one's the one that's the closest to just being a little bit above the Packers. But, you know, if you don't tell anyone, I won't. Uh, and then the Browns in 2022 had an average age of 23.78. So all of those right at or just slightly below the average age of the Packers pass catchers this year. And just as a bit of an aside, in this uh, analysis, I did throw, I only looked at players who played the entire year uh, with the team uh, in these scenarios. Um, it's a bit difficult to split amongst team to team. And so decided to stick with that. Because I was taking all of the players from the Packers roster, uh, including players like Jadakus Bonds, um, players who are on the 90, but might not make the 53 um, players who might just end up being on the practice squad. I did not set a game limit for the players that I was looking at for these other teams, because I felt like that would be cutting it off for these teams, but not cutting it off for the Packers. And that just didn't quite feel right. So there's no real limit there. It's just looking at wide receivers and tight ends from these teams, wide receivers and tight ends from the Packers. But so from those four teams, my goal essentially was like, Hey, can teams with this young of a pass catching group, have a successful passing offense or what is what is the most successful passing offense that you can really expect from a team with such young pass catchers and you know you start with the 2016 or at least in the last decade you start with the 2016 houston texans and it doesn't start great now i think that currently the best statistic for looking at 
offenses, passing offenses in particular, is football outsiders DVOA, the fact that it accounts for strength of schedule, um, the fact that it's, you know, very controlled in that way. There's not a lot of confounding variables. Um, to me, it's probably one of the best stats. Uh, EPA per play is also very good as well. But I decided to go with Football Outsiders DVOA for ease of use, uh, accessibility, and the fact that it was available in all the years that I was looking at, um, and just the fact that it's a more controlled statistic, in my opinion. But so I essentially looking at how each of these teams ranked in pass offense DVOA uh, over or within these years where they were the youngest teams. So it does not start off great with the 2016 Houston Texans, who were 30th best in passing DVOA offense in that year. It's not ideal. However, as we go down the list, you know, the next one, also not great. 2017 Browns, 32nd in pass def- passing DVOA. Now, you might be familiar with this team because the 2017 Browns, uh, went 0-16. So obviously we're hoping for better from the Packers in this coming year, but they are one of the teams, one of the four teams, with as young pass-catching group as the Packers have this year. Now, these first two teams that we listed, not very good, and we'll talk a little bit about where some of the similarities might lie between this year's Packers group and those teams. However, these next two teams on the list, I think... If the Packers passing offense were as good as these teams, we would consider it a resounding success. And those teams are the 2017 Rams, who had the eighth best passing DVOA offense, and then the 2022 Cleveland Browns, who had the 12th best passing offense DVOA, uh, passing DVOA on offense, however you want to say it. We'll, we'll just say, you know what I meant. Beyond that, though, I think that if the Packers can hit those marks for their offense, I think anyone should be very excited if they're top 10 or borderline top 10 top half of the league in passing offense per DVOA I think would be a resounding success for the Packers in 2023 now I'm gonna you know start with the medicine and with the sugar so to speak and start with why the Packers might be similar to these first two teams on this list and then why they might be more similar to the second two teams on this list so let's start with the bad first Uh, Let's compare them to these first two teams who didn't necessarily have very much success. Like we talked about, uh, both bottom three in uh, passing offense per DVOA. You got the 2016 Texans. Let's start off with some similarities there. Now, when you're looking at these teams, uh, you are looking essentially at two quarterbacks who were starting in new situations. This was in 2016 with the Houston Texans, Brock Osweiler's first season as a starter with the Texans, that is. He had started a few games with the Broncos the year before and then had been brought over to the Texans to kind of be the guy there, essentially. And so there are some similarities there, as well as with the 2017 Browns quarterback position, which the Browns, as you may know, famously went 0-17 that year, which I might have already mentioned. But the similarity there is Packers essentially legend, we'll say. Deshaun Kaiser was the starting quarterback there that season. And after being a sec- uh, a second round pick, so but a day two pick nonetheless, um, a higher pick, a, a, still a premium pick right outside of the top 50 with the Cleveland Browns, he had started there. So you kind of have this parallel between these two bad teams where you could see a scenario, hey, 2016 Houston Texans bringing in a new quarterback, expected to be the guy. 
You got the 2017 Browns, a highly, highly drafted, not as highly drafted as Jordan Love, but a highly drafted rookie quarterback being brought in to be the guy. And then you got Jordan Love, essentially fourth year in the league, first year as a starter being brought in to be the guy. And so I don't know how many times I can say be the guy there, but the repetition was on purpose. I promise I'm not just repeating myself just to repeat myself. Uh, Although talking to myself and doing this solo does feel a little bit weird. It's not quite the same, not quite as fun. Um, But there are those parallels there at the quarterback position for these teams that did not have as much success. But I would say that is essentially where these similarities kind of stop. Because you look at these teams, and I think the main thing that you see is there was a lot of problems with coaching on some of these rosters. You see Hugh Jackson coaching the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, we know how that went. 1-31 record as a, co- as a coach. And then you got Bill O'Brien with the Texans, who, you know, had some success with the Texans. But for the most part, I think most people would say struggled as a coach at, in Houston overall and has not had a head coaching job in the NFL since. So you look at that and you could maybe say, hey, there's definitely some problems beyond the pass catchers there for these teams, whether that be quarterback or coaching. Now, I think for the Packers, we feel fairly comfortable with the coaching there. We feel like Matt LaFleur is a good coach. Obviously, this is going to be his biggest year to prove it, given that he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers there. Now, I personally don't think he's been necessarily propped up by Aaron Rodgers, although it certainly doesn't hurt to have a elite all-time quarterback running your offense. I think it does. They do help each other a lot. I mean, we all remember 2018 Packers and the struggles that were there even with Rodgers and late era McCarthy. And so it's not all Rodgers, not all LaFleur. We're going to see how much LaFleur can work with these younger players this year. But I think we have more faith in him than we do those other coaches of those teams with such young pass catchers. And maybe we can explain away some of the struggles there. There is that kind of semi-scary similarity between the quarterbacks going into their first years as starters with these young pass catchers. Well, that's kind of similar to what we got going on here. But, you know, I think... Everyone hopes that Jordan Love is better than Kaiser and Brock Osweiler, but we're really going to see this year. We don't have enough of a sample size to say that for sure he isn't, uh, but we can certainly hope. However, moving on to some more positive takeaways, these second two teams, which were the 2017 Rams and the 2022 Cleveland Browns. And I think the parallels here are a lot more interesting. Um, maybe they're their strength is is more in my mind as I'm trying to be optimistic about the season. But I think the main takeaway for me is in the systems that these teams are running and how similar those systems are to the Green Bay Packers. Now, you see with the 2017 Rams, that was Sean McVay as the head coach with Jared Goff at quarterback and a very young set of pass catchers, although a very good set of pass catchers. This was uh, rookie year Cooper Cup, if I remember correctly. Robert Wood still very young. Tyler Higby very young. Gerald Everett very young. A young Tavon Austin. A young Sammy Watkins. You had a very young set of pass catchers with these Rams. So a very young but very talented set of pass catchers with these Rams. Now, we don't know if the Packers receivers can be anywhere near that level of player. I mean, obviously we saw a lot that was promising out of Christian Watson. Uh, We saw a lot that was promising out of Romeo Dobbs. They took Jaden Reed with the top 50 pick, but I think becoming any of those players is like a ceiling outcome for a lot of them. So that is definitely something to keep in mind. Uh, And with the 2022 Cleveland Browns, you know, you had uh, young pass catchers at a lot of spots, David Njoku, 
Um, you had Amari Cooper's older than any of the Packers have, but um, still was fairly young last year, was mid uh, mid to late twenties. Uh, and then Donovan Peoples Jones, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, down the list. Um, but I think, like I was saying, the main takeaway is Sean McVay run system in with the Rams, and then you had a Kevin Stefanski led system with the Browns this past year. And what both of these two coaches have in common is they're from the Shanahan tree. You have Sean McVay famously coaching under Mike Shanahan, coaching with Kyle Shanahan, uh, and running that kind of adapted Shanahan system. And then you have Kevin Stefanski, who coached under Gary Kubiak in Minnesota, uh, who coached under Mike Shanahan before that. So another branch of the Shanahan tree, just down a couple of levels. Uh, and also running so, uh, essentially a variation of that same system with the outside zone. And what do the Packers like to run? Well, Matt LaFleur is right off of that same Shanahan tree, having coached with Shanahan previously with the Washington, now Washington Commanders, and in fact was an assistant on that 2017 Rams team that we were just talking about. He was the offensive coordinator with that team. And so when, for me personally, I think when you look at the parallels between those two poor teams that we talked about earlier with the 2016 Texans and the 2017 Browns, I think there's a lot fewer question there's a lot fewer ties sorry to the current Packers in terms of how those teams are similar from a coaching aspect from a roster makeup than there are for these successful teams the 2017 Rams and 2022 Browns and that all ties back to coaching in my opinion because perhaps I think and this is obviously um just a hypothesis and is probably something that might be interesting to go check out later on is is this Shanahan system, the Shanahan tree system, better at using younger talents? Is it is it better at extracting the maximum amount of efficiency in a passing game with younger talents? Now, obviously, those 2017 Rams team that Matt LaFleur coached under, there there's that parallel there and that Matt LaFleur was part of that, and so he knows how to get a lot out of those young pass catchers. But I think it is unrealistic to expect, you know, Christian Watson to be Cooper Cup. Uh, maybe it could be rookie level Cooper Cup, but rookie Cooper Cup still had like 880 yards or something like that. I think it's unrealistic to necessarily expect Romeo Dobbs to be Robert Woods uh, or, you know, Jaden Reed to be Tavon Austin, Sammy Watkins or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. At least maybe not this early on. Um, however... I think that the fact that these teams all ran a similar system is a far bigger correlation between these teams than the fact that these other poor teams were leaning into new quarterbacks at uh, at the time with Osweiler and Kaiser. Um, for these two other teams, obviously, these two other teams were actually also, now that I think about it, a semi-new quarterbacks. Uh, Jared Goff was going into his second year in the league, but had really not shown much as a rookie with Jeff Fisher at the reins. Uh, and then, obviously, you had Brissett, uh, Deshaun Watson kind of combo quarterbacking for the Browns this past year. So some instability there as well. So you could say, hey, like there's this, there's the new quarterback correlation there with the Texans and the Browns um, uh, and also the young pass catchers. And um that's why they might have a bad the Packers might have a bad passing offense there if like that was the the causation for having a bad passing offense is a new quarterback with all these young pass catching options but you could also say hey you know 
it's not like the quarterbacks for the ones that had good passing offenses were super well seasoned, a young uh, or super experienced in that scheme and like had been around and were just lifting the like the young pass catchers around them. I mean, you had uh, Brissett and uh, Brissett and Watson half a year each, essentially splitting time. Um, one, uh, Watson not being able to practice, uh, Watson not practicing at all. Um, and then Brissett, you know, kind of a more of a career journeyman. And then you had Jared Goff, who people really didn't think that much of at that point in his career, uh, has turned, has had a pretty nice career all in all. Um, but at the time didn't necessarily think very much of him. Um, and the big, the big, uh, commonality between them is that Shanahan scheme system. And so when you look at how just kind of to wrap this whole thing up and like, like I said, this is going to be a shorter episode than usual. Uh, I think. You know, a lot of people, I've heard a lot of analysts have concerns about the Packers passing offense. Um, obviously, there are concerns in like, hey, how good can Jordan Love be? Uh, and I think those are very reasonable concerns, such a small sample size. He could he could be great. He could be bad. He could be anywhere in between. The truth is usually somewhere in between the two extremes. Uh, but I have also heard a lot of analysts talking about, hey, like, can you put together a, how, like, how competent of a passing offense can you put together when all of these uh, players are so young at the pass catching positions at wide receiver and tight end. And they've expressed it as a concern uh, for this year, mostly, but you know, it is, I've also heard it expressed as a positive in terms of long-term, the opportunity for long-term growth. When you look at the fact that uh, quarterback wide receiver, tight end are all going to kind of be learning together. And there are some positives there, but even for this year, like we've seen, you can have a top 10 borderline top 10 passing offense by DVOA with a pass catching group this young. It's possible. And it's also, and the two times that it has been done has been in a Shanahan system. And so I think I'm, I'm glad that I did this analysis because it was something that had been kind of eating my brain a little bit. And, you know, the outcome is essentially, Hey, it can, it can go both ways. We've seen it go well before with a Shanahan system. We've seen it go well twice differently with a Shanahan system. Matt LaFleur has been part of a time that has gone extremely right. The, uh, eighth best passing um dvoa that season uh and then we've seen it you know we've seen it go poorly when essentially a combination of quarterback play and coaching kind of held back the team and obviously the pass catchers have something to do with that as well in terms of passing offense um but you know to wrap it up i think that the packers offense eve despite the youth at pass catcher can still have a very successful, very efficient offense this year, or at least that youth should not be a barrier to that. And I think that is the biggest thing, is that youth won't necessarily be a barrier to the Packers having a good passing offense. If you like what you heard here today, like I said before, come give us a follow on Twitter, at FatherSonPacker. Come subscribe to us on our podcast platform of choice, uh, on your podcast platform of choice, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can find us anywhere there are podcasts. You can even find us on YouTube. Come give us a subscribe there. We put all our episodes there as well. Uh, we would really appreciate the follow. It would really, or subscribe. It would really help our numbers. Normally it is me and my dad doing this, but like I said earlier, he is on vacation. You're stuck with just me today. Normally there's a lot more fun banter. Uh, and not just me kind of meandering through. But thank you so much if you stuck all the way to the end. I am not experienced as a solo podcaster, but I'm doing my best and just trying to give you just some more Packers info as we're kind of making it through the doldrums of the season. We'll be doing an episode a week until the season starts, and then we'll be doing two a week. And we hope to hope that you keep on listening. So as always, until next time, go Pack Go!